Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. Hey, homies. I'm here today with Carla Aston. Hi, Carla. Hi. Hi, Michelle. And I I have been admiring Carla from afar for a while, but she probably doesn't know that exactly. Um. But I, <laughs> um, I don't remember... I feel like I came across your website. I don't remember when, I don't remember how, but I do feel like it was like, it was very early when I was doing my own research. It was before I was really involved in the Facebook group. So I don't really even totally understand other than maybe you've got some good SEO happening for you. But I came across your website and I just love how transparent you are. And I mean, you would agree you're extremely transparent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I'm I was kind go- of, I mean, I've been doing this a long time and I've been blogging a long time. So um, I just wrote from experiences and found that that kind of appealed and it also really just helped my business. Oh my shape, God. Shape, help shape my business. I love it. Okay. Why don't we start then? Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your business, how long you've been in business, your blogging, uh, fill us in on who Carla Aston is. Okay, well, um, I started many years ago, back in college, when I was, you know, much younger, <laughs> 18. <laughs> I always knew I wanted to be a designer. As a kid, I was rearranging my room and painting and doing everything. And um, I went to college and I went to through uh, a design program that was in an art. It was an art school. So um, I really got really the basics of art, which have been so long lasting and helped me so much through my whole career. So I have a BFA in interior design, Bachelor of Fine Art. And um, then I went to work as a commercial designer after I graduated, and which is also excellent, 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 um, you know, experience because uh, I worked with some really top-notch designers doing very, very exclusive wonderful projects all across the world and um, was exposed to, I worked in an architectural firm. So got a lot of architecture background, learned really a lot about drawing. And, you know, back then we did everything by hand and everything was done differently. That's amazing. (laughs) But it was a real boots on the ground, you know, uh, heavy duty background. And so um, after about nine years of all that, um, my husband, um, is in the oil business and he was transferred overseas. So we moved to Australia and by then I had two kids. So, um, we, I just kind of quit working for a while and, uh, we spent two years in Australia and then we moved back for a year and then we moved to Norway for three years. So, um, we did a lot of traveling in Europe and we, you know, um, had a nice, I had a nice break in my career and then I came back and I knew I wanted to get to work again. But at that time, my kids were in elementary school and busy and I wanted to give myself some time. Um, So, uh, and my husband actually got transferred then to Houston from Dallas where we were. So we had some moves in there. And then um, when I got to Houston, I kind of slowly have started building my business just by working at home mainly at first and then grew from there into uh, what it is today. And basically it's, uh, I live in an area that's north of Houston 
Woodlands. It's a rather affluent uh, community, and it was started about 35 years ago, and it's it was put up fast, and everything needs remodeling. <laughs> wow. So it's a key area for remodeling. It's been that's been the main source of my business is remodeling design. So uh, it just lucked out that I had all this architecture background and, and experience with construction stuff. So that really fed into how I could help people in this area. And do you have a lot of competition in the area then? Oh, yeah. There's tons of people yeah. here. What's yeah. the, like, how big is the, how big is Woodlands? Like, what's the population, would you say? Oh, my gosh. I don't know the numbers. That's okay. <laughs> I'll say something and it'll be totally off. But it's yeah. pretty big. We have, we have two like 5A high schools. So, I mean, it's, okay. it's big. Okay. So, um, or maybe one is 4A and one is 5A. I don't know. But they're, it's a good-sized community. So but you- I've worked in all these little neighborhoods. I know the builders. I know the cul-de-sacs. I know, I, you know, I can walk down the street and I worked in that house and that house. That's so awesome. <laughs> After a while, you learn everything, you know, about the building and the construction that's going on here. And so how long ago was it that you started your, your own business? Well, I actually worked with my mother-in-law for a little while here. Um, and we did simple like room rearranging and decorating stuff for a while just to kind of help me get my toe back in the water. And then one of my uh, good friends that lived down the street from me was really wanting to remodel her kitchen. And I said, you know, I have this extensive background and I said, I'd be happy to help you. And, um, you know, she, she just begged me for, you know, uh, a fee. And I really didn't want to charge her one because yeah. I really just wanted to kind of start, you know. And so I charged her $500. And a year later, <laughs> she finally had the kitchen of her dreams, you know, that we Oh my gosh, so many hours on that. For $500, right? Yeah, for $500. I lost money. Because I had a photograph for $2,500. Oh my God. So did she fully appreciate how amazing that was? Oh yeah. She's fed me so many meals and I've never reciprocated. So it's like... Yeah. We're we're really good friends. And actually she's my client now in California. They just retired and moved to California. And I'm going there at the end of the month to visit her. And we're doing a full gut remodel on her California house. Okay. And how are you approaching that? Are you just doing here are my fees or are you giving her the old friends and family discount? She's got the friends and family. And what (laughs) does that look like? Oh, it's basically, she can write her own ticket. She's basically, well, she's charging, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm charging my employee time, which is mainly CAD work because it's remodeling and then everything else. We're just such good friends. We really are like family. And, um, she's been so supportive of me. They both have my husband. We're all really good Four four of us are friends. And, um, I went out there before and, you know, they just have us all there for the day and it's fun and you know we reunite so it's a different situation but it's if I hadn't had that job that job got me published in a national magazine and there I got another job that was also published in a national magazine so you know if I hadn't had those those were my stepping stones Mm -hmm. for getting into local remodeling God you're like prompting me like so many questions I'm writing down (laughs) okay Let's talk about the friends and family thing. Like, do you, do you struggle with that at all? Like, yeah, okay, you're giving her the friends and family discount. Like, to you, is it just like any other project, though? Or do you have any sort of mental mindset issues that you struggle with because of the, the relationship? Well, mostly, 
I mean, mostly I don't do it. There's just only like one or two people that would get that. My mother, my sister, <laughs> you know, and um, anyone else. I would just, uh, I would just kind of say typically, and I don't have many that really, we don't have a big family, you know, so I don't have a lot of people like tapping into this. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm happy to offer advice to my friends and family because they've all been supportive of me and I'm not going to be too nitpicky about that. As far as taking on a project, that's very selective. So um, I, don't, I would never handle like free advice with, on, a, on a, the same way I do a regular project. Right. That, that's a whole different model. Because the, like with my friend in California, um, they've had to wait a lot on me. <laughs> And I've just kind of done it, filled it in as we've had blocks of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's taken a lot longer than I'm sure they expected. So, but they were aware of that. So, yeah, I, it actually reminds me of, uh, I don't know if it was a Kimberly Selden podcast where she talks to a designer here in Toronto, Judith, uh, Judith, Judith. Don't remember her last name. I want to say Taylor, but I could be wrong. But she talks about working with friends and she basically says when they start, like if you're, you know, if we're not going to do, if we're doing a friends and family deal, like you need to realize that what's going to happen is you're just going to get it whenever I can slot you in. It's yeah. not going to be, a, but if you're ready to like do this the way I do this with any other client, then you can be properly prioritized. Right. Um, yeah. Exactly. I, I've had a real issue with working with friends and I just broke that rule recently and I'm like, ugh, just reminded me. And yeah. it's, it's more about me than it is about them and my own yeah. like mindset that I have to work on. But right, right. It, so to me, it's just like, why do this to myself? Just don't even make it be a thing. Like, Hey, here's my rule. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, I find that, um, well, I, I operate my business kind of in a totally different mental standpoint than I think a lot of people are. And I wasn't really aware of that because I was doing all this before everybody came out with rules and processes and guides and how-tos. And, and so I'm a little more relaxed than the average designer, even though I put so much information out there. That's and, so shocking, um, yeah. So it's like... I, I, when I deal with one-on-one with my clients, it's, it's much more about sort of answering their needs than it is about my rules. Okay. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit more. When you say relaxed, and do you mean you don't necessarily have a very strict process that you follow? Or do you mean like, okay, you're not allowed to text me. I'm a little more relaxed with that. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I let, I don't mind people texting me that much. I mean, some clients I have, but some, I, I know how to regulate that. Basically. You just don't answer them until the next day. And they, and then you say, will you please email me? I mean, that's, that's the way to handle that, but easy. I'm, I'm, I'm more relaxed with, um, like scope of work and it depends on the client and, and it, it's really more for me about the personality of the client and how we mix together and how I can impact their, space and how I can prove myself to them so that they will trust me enough to do their job for them. Because, uh, you know, to me, that relationship is like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's not really about, oh, they've stepped out of the bounds just a little bit and they're asking for this. So I have to charge them for that, you know? And for me, it's more about that overall arching experience and kind of always taking every project with that sort of goal in mind of how's that client going to read this, you know, at the end and how is that 
you know, I don't want to be taken advantage of, but that's why I've written so much on my blog so we can get all that out at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's why I'm kind of, when it comes to the real client, it's a heavily filtered client. It's one that I, I know that I feel like I can really get along with and, and that they will appreciate what I bring to the table and won't take advantage of me. And it's one that um, I will enjoy working with and I will look forward to every single time I get a contact from them or whatever. And so if those three things are in alignment, then a little bit of outside the bounds is not bothering me. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. I have so much. Okay. I'm going to share with the listeners a little bit to, for context, and we're going to dig into this more because when you say heavily filtered, I want to understand a little more about how that looks, mm-hmm. but just because I want to provide context to others who probably just have no idea what I'm talking about when I say that your website has a lot of transparency and really outlining, like it's, it's like you put it all out there in mm-hmm. a way that's like, I assume helps you filter to some degree. Right. Um, so for, for context for the listeners, she's got, um, she talks about her pricing. So you, you're very transparent about how you charge. Um, you also talk about like, sometimes it's billable, sometimes it's flat fee. Um, you also talk about, you could be purchasing furniture through my studio and that's what that looks like. Then you go into a very um, detailed explanation about your specific process. You do talk a little bit about like, I really prefer to leave the texting to emergencies. Right. It sounds like you kind of put it out there, but you gauge based on the client. Yes, it's, correct. It's really like, honestly, your website, I have emailed it to somebody. I have a designer friend that we've met through these groups and we're both kind of at the same place in our business where we started around the same time. So we get on a call about once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent her <laughs> your website. Like, I said, like, you need to read this. It's freaking amazing. Oh, um, nice. So why don't you tell, let, why don't we start by telling us what prompted you to even do all that, to put all that out there? Well, um, I started, I started this particular blog and website in 2012. Mm-hmm. At that time I was, I was really not getting the clients, I kind of clients I wanted. I was not getting, um, you know, the kind of projects I wanted and I could not figure out why. And I so really thought can you tell us what you were getting versus what you wanted. I was getting smaller fees, smaller budgets, uh, people that really couldn't afford a designer. Same here. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, people that just heard of me by word of mouth and, you know, it was just not working, you know, and then I found with every single project, it seemed like I'd be like gritting my teeth. Okay, I'll do it. You know, and I think I just got to power through it, get that done. And then I'll get the best client, you know, I've ever had. And it just was not working. And so um, I was contacted by um, a kind of marketing, you know, guy. And I worked with him for five years, basically. But he really um, developed my website for me and then really taught me a lot about blogging and about, um, you know, marketing myself so that I kind of get the best clients. And what, one thing that my blog did, and this was all a little bit of this was not really purposeful. This was inadvertently this happened. Okay. okay. So 2012, when I was, and I had a studio then I had employees, I had, I thought, Oh, if I build it, they will come, you know, here I am in this hot area and there's all these projects around and yet I wasn't working in certain neighborhoods, you know? So um, I thought, well, if I build it, they'll see me and, you know, I'll be out on the internet, whatever. 
but it wasn't still wasn't working quite like that. And it's because I didn't really have my filters on. I didn't really, I wasn't really speaking to the right kind of people. And also with blogging, I mean, blogging is really primarily for um, reaching DIY type people, you know? Yes. And, and so there's a real conundrum for a designer who blogs and, you know, if, and that's the kind of people that will call you. So you have to have filters. You have to be able to channel people into, you know, different top services because those people, the DIY types, they still want to have your services. They still want to, you know, and that's a great place to be, you know, to be in demand. And mm-hmm. you have people that are just reading your blog, find you and still want your advice. That's a very nice compliment. And it's, it's worthy of, of getting paid for, you know, yeah. you have to have a place to put them that's appropriate for you to make money and stay profitable, you know? So um, I kind of slowly over time figured out, okay, there's this type of people and then there's the best full service client that I can possibly get. Okay. Yeah. And that's the, you know, I want to speak to the both of those on my blog and I do speak to both. Now it's kind of hard sometimes I think for bloggers uh, to speak to both. I think you either, kind of, most people kind of go one way or the other. Yeah. And that's why it's, um, it's kind of dangerous to get into a lot of affiliate marketing it's kind of dangerous to get into. There's just a lot of like imbalance there that if you're only trying to get full service clients, then there's a lot of blogging stuff that doesn't probably need to happen, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and in that case, the blogging should be about trying to show your personality, how you work, um, you know, kind of speaking to that best client for yourself. Okay. So, um, my, my situation was I was getting all these clients, all these people calling. I had absolutely no backbone whatsoever. I would say yes to everybody. I was afraid to let things go because I have big overhead. You know, that's the other thing that's so dangerous in this business. And I see people hiring people all the time and open up studios. And like you get a year of that under your belt and you'll be dying. You know, it's like, a lot of times people are not prepared for that amount of overhead and responsibility that comes yeah. with having that overhead. So um, you, you just have to keep feeding that, you know, stay on that hamster wheel and st- keep going all the time. And there's yeah. no breaks when you have that kind of overhead. Right. So um, that's kind of where I was. And, and with the help of my blog, though, I finally started kind of realizing that the more I could use that and I could just send someone a link and save myself some time, the more I could um, describe things, I could get a client who was more thoughtful, more considerate, more appreciative, and um, really wanted to work with me. So um, at least those things all coming in, you know, would make a better uh, client profile for me. Oh my God, this conversation is blowing my mind right now. Okay. So you, first of all, um, how do you, can you give, if you can, try to give, how often do you blog? Uh, well, I try to do twice a week. I mean, I, September has been really bad. I've only done once a week. So, but you, once a week you, is fine. You know, once a week is fine. You obviously enjoy blogging. Yeah, I do. I okay, do. That obviously helps. So right. I feel like that's one thing, like, uh, I think at the end of the day, people listening and all of us need to really, like, 
you're going to do something well that you, that you enjoy. And I think there's a lot of pressure for people to be blogging and to be this. And it's like, you need to find something that you enjoy because then you're going to do it and you're not going to put all this pressure and feel bad when you don't. Right. So, so I think everybody listening, it's important to know that Carla really enjoys it and, yes. and it does help fulfill something within you. So let's not, you know, feel bad if we're not doing that. Well, plus the, the thing is, is that, is that, I always knew I wanted my blog to be bigger than, I mean, I, when I started really blogging intensely, I was 50. Okay. Okay. I didn't have kids at home anymore. And I didn't have that day-to-day responsibility of that. It was all my business. And I was living and breathing all that. So, and I wanted to share some of my experiences, you know, but not only that, as I knew I was building for my over 60 years. Yeah. So I, I had a long-term thing in mind and I still do. I mean, I am, I basically have a site now that has organic SEO that has, um, you know, lots of information that is being sought over the internet. So it, it's become an authority over time. It's been a long building process mm-hmm. and it's not for someone necessarily who, you know, I had a goal of like, what am I going to do after I'm 60? You know, what am I going to do when I'm so tired of this day to day, you know? And, and that's what I've been building for. I'm 60 now. I just turned 60. So it's been, oh, you look great. it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years of, you know, really cranking that out with this goal in mind of being able to sell more products on my site and not, not physical products, but digital Yep. Uh, to write a book someday to whatever, to get into more uh, mark affiliate marketing, to, um, develop courses, whatever. I mean, that's kind of eventually where I'd like to be. I want to be sitting in my chair, looking out over my empire, you know, from afar. And that was my goal. So that goal is not necessarily the same as someone who's just starting out young and wants full service clients so they can have great photos for their website. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I think it's so great that you actually, because sometimes people just do things like I'm supposed to do this, but like, what you were saying how your blog and what was happening early on before you made that mental switch, like, you know, I'm creating a blog that's for very DIY type people. I had this similar thing where I had a Facebook group that I had created that was client facing Mm -hmm. and it was to offer free advice to help build my authority. But the reality of that was, and you know, Maybe it wasn't a hundred percent that, but I will say I never got a client from that group. Yeah. Um, it was, it was like, it was like weighing very heavy on me every day. Like I need to be doing, and I wasn't passionate about it. Like I have my business homies group. I go in there because it's like a passion project. It's like, I enjoy sharing my journey. It's, you know, it's going to be nostalgic for me in 10 years, whatever. Um, but then the reality was I was like, it was an oxymoron or it was like contradictory. I kept saying, I want a high paying client, but yet I was, I was creating these things for the DIY. Yes. It just did not align. Now, right. you know, there was also thoughts like maybe I could, you know, create a more passive income to that audience. But the truth was that I could not put that kind of energy while yes, that is a goal I could have created. Yeah. The truth of the matter was it wasn't lighting me up. So yeah. for me to do that and have that long-term play, which was a goal of mine, yeah. it just wasn't fueling me and, and making me excited. And it wasn't 
like helping me reach my, my shorter term goal of making a lot of money now and building up the type of clientele. So I think that was a huge, that's a huge nugget that you just shared. And hopefully people can look at themselves as well and really understand who and what projects light you up Mm -hmm. and make sure that the the efforts that you're putting out there, whether it be blogging or, you know, a Facebook group are aligning truly with that because we only have so much time in our day. Exactly. You know, and the real, the, the thing is, is that if you're young and you're just starting out, you really need projects. Yeah. You, really, you really need like beautiful projects that you can do a whole full service end result. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I, that's, you got to create a portfolio. I yeah. mean, and you got to start making contacts with publishers and, you know, that's the route that's really tried and true. And that's going to get you legs to stand on. Because, you know, you need, you need a platform first. You need a, something to start with. I mean, when I hit that 50, I already had those projects done, a couple of those. Right. What do you mean published. when you hit that 50? Yeah, because I took a break in my career. Okay. When we went overseas and all that and then came back. And then I really slowly started in with, you know, furniture arranging and all that. So I really didn't start remodeling until probably 15 years ago or something. Okay. Really modeling design in this area. We moved here like 20 years ago. So um, anyway, it's all been sort of a, it, it, I was really dead in the water while I was overseas. You know, I couldn't do anything there. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, but, um, but I, after I had the sort of platform and a few of those jobs that I basically did for free, that cost me money, <laughs> but I was in control of the whole thing. I was able to use it as a great marketing tool and it got me somewhere, you know, and it, it helped me build my base. So there's nothing wrong with like doing that stuff cheap at first. Yeah. You know? I mean, a lot of people will say, charge for this, charge for that. It, yeah. But if you're competing with people that are at a sophisticated level, charge for it. You know, if you're yeah. just starting out and you just need something to put on your website, do something cheap, do something for cheap and, and have control over it. You yeah. Know? That's yeah. your money. That's your money. That's what you're making. Yeah. You're making, you're making a great photograph for an end result. Yeah, absolutely. And And to elaborate on one other thing that you said was, you know, early on, you need the projects and you need this. And, um, I, and it's so true because I also find part of what's important is like, we're trying to figure out what our point of view is and without like, you could think, I mean, some people maybe just innately know who they are and what their aesthetic is. But to be honest, like, I'm like, I really am still trying to find myself. Yeah, like, yeah. what is my aesthetic? What am I about? And I, the only way to figure that out is to just do the projects yes, and, and right. find yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I've done projects that have not looked anything like what I would really like myself. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they weren't good projects. I mean, they were great projects. Sometimes they were published. I mean, it was like, and to, to this day, I don't even think my house totally reflects exactly what I like, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, you, you always have givens that you work with and it's not always going to be like every project is going to be this perfect statement of you as a designer and, uh, you know, and your client's going to be so happy. It's just not ever like that, you know? Yeah. That's just not really ever going to happen. So, you know, you got to take some some crappy stuff sometimes. You got to paint something really ugly and put it in the room because the homeowner wants it. I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's just that's the nature of the business, you know? Yeah. It's not all about you, you know? 
I know. I so wish it was though. <laughs> I know. I know me too. <laughs> so let's go back to your blogging real quick. Do you currently monetize your blog at all or no? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I do have affiliate marketing and I, I don't make that much on it. I'm not a big, I'm on my affiliate marketing. I make more when I give links to clients than I do with uh, having them just resting on my blog. Got it. So I'm with reward style and I can do, um, uh, I can give custom links to clients to buy things online and that gives me a little 5% and I can just stay out of the whole purchasing thing if I want yep. to. It's some extra things in an extra room and I don't want to, you know, it's not going to be a good end result for me. I'm just, I just make a little tip, you know, yep. here's a link, you know, whatever. Yeah. And okay. So back to, you know, when you're doing your blogging now, you say you try to talk to both the full service higher end client, but also the DIY or how, how do you feel you do that? Well, um, for example, um, I, I, um, I just put up a post about selecting pillows and do, and about pillows. So that was really from a designer standpoint. Like I talked about, um, you know, how we plan out all the fabrics. And sometimes these are the most expensive fabrics in the room because we only have to use a little bit. And I kind of just explained the reasoning why, you know, how we go about sometimes the whole thing can start with the pillow fabric, you know, when you're starting yeah. on a theme. And if, if someone just goes, oh, I'll pick my own pillows. Well, then you're like, oh my God, that just destroyed the whole thing. You know? yeah. So I kind of explained all that in that post to a future client. And I also did pictures of all the pillow, a lot of custom pillows that I've done. So, um, but then at the bottom, I had affiliate marketing where people could go buy pillows that I like. I, I made sure and picked pillows that I would pick if I had to, that were 22 inch at least square, that were had downfill and zippers and, you know, that look like custom pillows, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, um, so to me, like that answers to the DIY, but it also really explains to my clients like this is the thought and care I put into your project. And this is why you hire me because I'm going to think every detail out and I may start with your pillows. So yeah. don't, tell, don't come back to me later and say, I don't, I don't want to do the pillows. I'll do them myself. You know, yeah. well, <laughs> Cause I can send you that link and say, but we started with the pillows. Exactly. Okay. So this is going to, that's prompting my, my, this question for me. Is that what you normally do is you pick one thing in the room that you maybe present to the clients early on to get the approval and say, this is somewhat now our jumping off point. Can you elaborate a little bit? I, sometimes I struggle with that. Like the concept. Yeah. Cause okay. That it's bringing me into the whole thing here. So you talk about your design process and, you know, programming schematic design, design development. So I'm curious, like the schematic design versus the design development. Um, how conceptual are you talking in that step? It's pretty specific. Like, I don't want any changes really after schematic design. That's why I just put design development. It's always in there because there's always a few changes. But to be honest, like, I'm getting to the point where I can pretty much nail it. And I just had a presentation for a whole house, five bathrooms and a kitchen. No changes. No changes. And, you know, that comes from a nice schematic design presentation. We didn't go too elaborate. You know, we didn't. Um, we put all finished materials out there. We did, um, a couple of elevations. We did, we selected mirrors, lighting, you know, um, tile, everything, and, and kind of showed some details of how we're going to detail it. But, uh, but that's, 
because I have all that cataloged material of like details that I've built out before yeah. so I can show pictures. This is how we're going to detail your bench, you know, yeah. in the shower, whatever. So, um, but that whole presentation went really well and, you know, the client went overseas and now we're here to finish it out. So, so what is that? Okay. Uh, what do you do early on with the client? Okay. All right, so as part of the filtering process, okay. I want to make sure that I'm getting someone whose style and who kind of understands design a little bit because I want people to value good design and what I'm going to say and what I'm going to bring to the table. Okay. So um, I don't want someone who really doesn't care and is going to say, well, I'll just get this $20 light fixture over here from, you know, whatever, because it looks kind of the same. You know, sometimes that may be okay. Sometimes that's most of the time it's not. Yeah. So um, what I do is I have about a, for a full service client, we go through like a month long process of that. And one of the things that I have done is um, if they don't have really good, solid ideas about the look they're going for, and a lot of times they don't, uh, which I like, um, I'll build them a Pinterest board. Mm-hmm. Or I'll build them a little lookbook because sometimes I want to take it even away from Pinterest and build them a yeah. lookbook in Google Drive. And I do it in like a one of those uh, spread, not spreadsheet, but a, um, I forgot what they call it, but it's like a PDF, you know, that you yep. don't. Yep. So, and, and I just, I have an example. I put one on my blog of how I filter clients and it shows that, that lookbook that I what's, did. What's that blog called? <laughs> Uh, I can send you a link. I forgot. Okay. I think it's called, it has lookbook in it. So if you okay. go and put I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. So that was a client that I met with on that particular project. And, and he didn't know kind of what he wanted, but he wanted a remodel. Well, I walked in there and I knew it was so dated. It was Tuscan had not house hadn't been touched since it was built big custom home. And I knew that um, I wanted to paint the whole house, you know, white yeah. because it was like so dark and heavy and heavy texture. And, and um, so I had to start easing him into that whole process because that was going to be a big uh, ask for him because he just wanted some new furniture. Okay. You know, so um, uh, that's why the lookbook was so helpful because I kind of talked him through some conceptual ideas, but I wanted to know he was going to be accepting of that before I took him on as a job. because um, I don't want to have to just butt heads, you know, it's got to be easy. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I made the lookbook for him and we went through, we went, we had one big meeting at the house. I talked to his assistant, you know, several times we sent, I sent email with an estimated sort of ballpark fee before I wrote a contract. And then when I finally submitted my contract, um, you know, I spelled everything out, submitted that to him. And then he came back to me with questions about, uh, showing me, showing him my invoices of my product before. And we, it, we didn't go after that. We just, I cut it off because I could not agree to that. He, so I spent, I spent a month long dancing with him and creating that lookbook, creating a concept that by the way, the other designer ended up doing <laughs> that he finally hired that I referred him to. Mm. I referred him to that because I, I knew I couldn't live with the way he wanted to work. So, and so uh, how do you, what do you, what are the words you say to say, we're not doing this, me and you? Like, was he gone? Like, was he down? He was wanting well, to they were, through? yeah, they called me and his assistant all went through his assistant. They basically said, you know, 
please. We've, we've narrowed it down to you. We've already been through three others and, you know, this is really where we want to go. Can we make this work somehow? What do we need to do? And I said, I just knew at that point I could see kind of from the actions of how he was real determined about getting what he wanted, that it was going to be a problem. And I was probably going to succumb and then I would be mad at myself. Yeah. That's why, you know, like I felt like I couldn't stand up to him. Yeah. And so, you know, at that point, that's not a good relationship to get into. That's not a good, you know, person, to, you know, for me to work for. Oh so I, I've decided and I know that I need people that are very respectful, allow me to do what I do. And the thing is, is that I, I get enough people coming because of my blog, because of the SEO and the traffic that I can filter that way. Not everybody can do that. You can't, yeah. not everybody can go and just turn down a job like that, especially if yeah. you have big overhead and you have people sitting there, you know, you have to take that. And so you do have to rule with an iron fist and you have to be, you know, constantly corralling your parameters and, slapping clients on the hand when they get to take advantage, you know? So um, I've determined that I want to only work with people that know, don't need parenting. (laughs) Yeah. Don't need to be told how to behave. (laughs) Don't need to, you know, that I, and so that's why I just filter that way. Oh my God. Okay. So when did you, I mean, when did you, I assume that the, you, there was a point in your business where you didn't do this lookbook and filtering and, and now would, like, when did, when did, what was the catalyst for this? Was there like well, a real bad project that happened? Oh yeah. There was the project. There was, okay. a, there was a job, there was a presentation huh. that bombed big time and it did it in front of all my employees. I had three sitting at the table and it was a bit embarrassing, humiliating moment. And, um, it was because I hadn't taken enough time to uh, really identify what they wanted. And because basically they didn't know what they wanted and they were not on the same page. It was a client, you know, where you meet the wife and the wife is all available and she's really sweet and all that. And then the husband comes in and he's a bear and he's, you know, not appreciative, doesn't really want to do the service. He's there. He's a CEO and he can argue you, you know, till you're, dead. (laughs) And that presentation was like, that's it. I've got to, got to change this. And I got to, I want to make sure of style. I want to make sure that they will respect me personally. And what I have to say that they've read enough on my blog to be impressed by what I can do Mm -hmm. and that they want that, you know, service. So, um, that's fortunately, again, I get enough people calling and enough people that filter in that I can do that. And that was, that was my goal always is to have better clients and to be able to pick and choose my clients. Oh my God. Yes. So you, I assume then you've like have a consultation fee that accounts for this one month, maybe like, and so what does that look like? What is your consultation fee? It's two fifty. dollars $250. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't care if I lose money, if I lose that job, I've, I've prevented myself a lot of headaches if I, if I can figure out that that's not the right client. For me. Okay. Have you considered upping the fee a little bit just to, to, I don't need to. No. Okay, so I, really, I, I mean, 250 is like, to be honest, if someone, if you're going out first time, I find that people, if you charge more, they expect a lot more and they really expect you to take the job. And I still want, I, I want it to be a formal enough meeting where Cause I, I used to not charge, you know, years ago yeah. and my gosh, you get calls from everybody and you're constantly running all over town, just giving free advice, you know? Yeah. 
So um, I do charge something and, and make it official. But, um, you know, I want that ability to be able to step back and say, I just don't think I'm the right designer for you. And I think you'd be better served by someone else. I love that. So can you, um, so I assume, do you get on a phone call with most people before you? No. No. Mm -mm. So how do they do it then? They just schedule online? No, they schedule with, usually they call my office and my assistant talks to them. Okay. Some questions. The main thing that I want to know from very first client is what their address is. Right. Address of the project. That tells me the value and if they have the money for the job. Yeah. Okay. Now people can be house poor. They can buy big mansions and think that Pottery Barn is great, you know? Yeah. And that happens all the time. So then, of course, we ask about budget. No one ever has an idea that what things cost. So the next thing I do after the first, even like my assistant will say, well, Carla will email you some information. So I email back and I have my links that I have through my blog, some specific ones, like full service, how we work and all that. And then I say, um, I ask them a few questions. Like, we already have their address. So I've already looked up to see if this is a real valid project. Okay. And um, I've also probably Googled them. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just want to know what they do for a living because that also tells a lot about a person, you know? Yeah. And um, all this time, you know, in the correspondence, everything, I'm looking for red flags and things that I know that might be a problem for me. So, um, uh then the other thing I ask is um, about budget. I also send them, I have a budget package that I've put together of past projects. I have mm-hmm. three projects with floor plans. They don't have names on them or identity yeah. or anything, but they have, it's, it's in a downloadable PDF. It's like a lookbook and it's basically the floor plan, key floor plan with all the budgets. And it has everything from a $9,000 sectional in there to one, to a, you know, uh, a, um, you know, sofa that I had someone buy at Ikea. It's like, it's like, see, it's like, I work with a lot of different things, but I need basically a lump sum of like this much to be able to work on your project. Yeah. And, um, I've even written blog posts about that. I also send links if it's remodeling only, like I cannot do a bathroom that's going to be under $50,000. Like it's just not worth my time or yours for, to get me involved in a bathroom that's less than that, because I need to make at least $5,000 for it to be profitable for me and to, for me to spend the time that I do on a project. Yep. And that's 10%. So that's kind of how I came up with that number. Yeah. So I just know from the amount of projects I've done that, um, I need at least a $50,000 bathroom reno for it to be, for me to be proud of it at the end, you know? That is so key. And that is one thing too, that I have learned in working with friends is that, and I, where I just broke my rule, I basically said to her, cause what I noticed about my friends, for example, but even like other clients, I have realized what, a, how a budget impacts my ability to walk away proud. Yeah. It's yeah. not about, I can't, you know, I, no, I don't want to accessorize your home without the right amount of money for me to walk away feeling proud. Because if I don't walk away feeling proud, I'm going to walk away thinking you, and, and you're also probably not going to love it Yeah. because you, right. I maybe misled you to believe you can accomplish this with not enough money. Exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly. so key that you've, you realize that. Yeah. And like, I went to, a, um, I do, you know, also do like one-time consultations for people. Yeah. 
And so um, people just have very distorted ideas of budget. And it's not their fault. They watch HGTV. Everybody has those ideas. And I know they do going and I bank on that, you know. So the first thing I do is, um, well, it's, if you want to, you know, move that wall and rearrange your kitchen, it's going to be a minimum of $75,000. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, and their, their mouth drops. And I'm like, that's what it costs. I've just done, you know, three remodels in the last two months. And I know that's what it is, you know. So um, I said, now, I'm not saying you can't do it cheaper on your own with, you know, a little advice from me today and you get your own contract, subcontractors and you do yep. all that. So go for it. Yep. But this is how I can help you right now today. I can give you a few little advice, but I can't do a whole project like that. You know, yeah. it's just not feasible. I can't make money that way. And I'm in this to make money too. Yeah, hundred million percent. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I'm going to share this with the listeners because, so on your website, you do know, um, you say minimum project is 5K per room, per project. Normally it's one room, reno. Um, so you do say no matter what the size of the project, there's mm-hmm. a minimum of $5,000 in design fees. That, that So it's kind right. of like you're, you're basically saying like, if that's, not if your project's too small, it's likely not worth it for you. So weed yourself out now, kind of thing. Exactly. And, and I had that. I did a consultation for another uh, client, and she was a good. She would have been a good client, but um, she did not think her project warranted five thousand dollars. Well, that right there tells me I don't want to work with that person because yeah. I just I just know the kind of input phone calls you know everything even if it seems like a little bit it always ends up being more and for me I've got a studio I've got an employee I have certain expenses and I have to for me to divert my attention in a work day to multiple projects and Mm -hmm. to a project that's small over here you know it's just not worth my time to do anything less than that and so do you okay I'm going back to your services I can't remember here do you do projects and I'm assuming not because that's 5,000 is the minimum for a full service but right. do you offer okay I this is what I want to talk about you also do styling only right well that's real I don't really do that that's no. kind of there for to handle questions at the end where people of jobs where people are like oh we come in and accessorize everything you know and I'm like okay here's a fee for that you know and yeah. it just kind of covers me a little bit but it doesn't make me just eat it you know Yes. And so it's just a preventative kind of thing. Okay. So nobody ever contacts you just for styling. And what about designed in a click? Is that something that you do? Yeah, I I do that a lot. I do several of those a month. And there are people that are readers that are my blog readers. And they, they, um, I've featured those on my blog too. They're very those are mostly just e-design, right? For right. well, no, they're just Q and A. I love it. It's one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Yep. And I, I limit the questions. I say you can ask up to five questions. Yep. And send me up to five pictures, no more. And uh, I don't want a lot of backstory. You know, be specific and start at the top priority and go down from there. And we'll and see. It's not a phone call. It's all done no. over email. Love it. Done in my pajamas at home. When I want to. I love it. I, get, I tell them to wait like a week and I'll get back to them. I think that's genius. So, so realistically, the only, you're not really getting clients because it doesn't make sense. Because I often get an email or an inquiry where someone says, you know, I just need you to help me pick a rug and help me put drapes, you know, pick my drapes. And like, to me, I've definitely realized that that is not something I enjoy. 
I find it's always way more of a headache than anything. It's never a simple thing. Right. Never. Never. And so, and so you don't do anything like that. You don't say, okay, for me to just pick your rug and your dresser and your this, it's going to cost you this. You're basically like my minimum fee is five grand per job. And it goes up from there according to scope. And that's just it. So you either decide five grand that's a small, that's a one room, you know, like a master bath or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like a, we jump in full feet and we're going to do it for you. And we're going to do it the way we want to do it. And we ho- and we know that you're going to love it because we're going to make sure we love it. We're going to handle you with kid gloves. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. The people that are going to be the most unsatisfied with an interior designer are the people that, that somehow got in, you know, you're not going to be into it full, full yeah. heart. You know, yes. and, and, and that, and that's the kind of people that will get the word out, you know, that you don't want. And, and yes. so I want to, pro- I want to have projects that I love. I want to have clients that I love and want to be on the job site and figuring out things and detailing something to death for them because yep. that's going to render the best service for them. And they're going to be the happiest. Yeah. So the idea is to get the happiest clients that you can possibly get, you know, so they refer you and whatever. Oh my God. So good. So I I have to go back to this because I think that this is like not a, it's not something I realized we were going to talk about, but I just think for me, this might be huge. Okay. So you basically have an in-home consultation. It's two fifty, And how long are you normally in the home? Well, that's just for a first time project. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably an hour. Okay. And that's basically me asking questions, you know, me talking to them, taking a tour, listening, it's just, I don't talk much in those. I listen. And I the scope? Oh yeah. We talk about scope. We talk about, you know, well, what do you want to achieve? What are your goals? You know, do, who are there pets in the house? You know, all that stuff. What is your favorite color? You know, and, um, uh, it's mainly me learning about the scope of their job and what they want to achieve. Okay. And how, and then I kind of am evaluating at that time how I can, help them, you know, and if I want to help them, if, it, if it's going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. So um, then um, I go back and then everything's evaluated more like not face-to-face. Like I would never offer a contract right there on the spot. I would never um, uh, jump in and say I could do a job yet. I'm just going to say, I'll go back and I'll think about the fee and I'll get back to you. Or I'll think about, you know, uh, how we would work this into our schedule, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I kind of, at that time, if they want to hear more from me, because everything's written on my blog, like I send them links and it tells my processes that I'm going to tell them. And if yeah. I tell them in person, I basically say the same thing. So most of the time they've already read all that. Okay. They don't have that many questions about how I work. They're more, more interested in telling me what they want to achieve, you know? And so do you give ideas in that one hour consultation time? Sometimes, just because I want to test it. It's like testing to see if they want to take it there, you know? Because nine times out of ten, I want to go bigger than what they have in mind, you know? Mm. And so I want to test to see if they're open to that, if they might have the budget for that. And if I don't test it there, then I sure don't want to find it after they've signed the contract and they're not budging on anything. And I thought I could talk them into something. Okay, so you go back home, you you figure out your fee, but but and then you're putting together a lookbook. Yeah, pretty much all the that's just part of the process. Yeah, a lookbook or a Pinterest board, unless okay. they have unless they have a 
something already put together and I have a kind of a good idea of what they want, but I kind of want to get a clear picture of where they want to end up, you know? And, and I can do that a lot with Pinterest boards that are real. It's real easy to put together a Pinterest board for a client. I just did that with one of my best clients I ever had right now. We're going to install and the construction is being done on their house now. And um, I just did a Pinterest board for them. And I just said, you know what? I want to make sure this is a really good client. You know, they're two doctors. They're both busy and they're fabulous people and super patient and nice. I'm sorry. It's okay. And um, it's just, uh, you know, um, I put together a Pinterest board and then I, I would put them there. I really like the idea of this kind of really contemporary lighting for you. And we do this kind of rug and, you know, made notes on everything. Because I just want to make sure they're on board with being a little bit adventurous and a little bit, you know, I just have their style nailed before we go further. It's just it's, helpful. It's, it's just safekeeping of you and your stress level later on. Like I think it's so smart. I'm, I'm like really trying to figure out how I can start doing this because I really like it. Um, like how elaborate do you get? Like, can you, are you okay? Do you have like 10 more minutes? Is that okay? Are you sure? Okay. I never want to stop talking to you right now. Oh my God. Um, so how elaborate are you just saying like things like, okay, for lighting, like you just said, um, I was thinking something really bold, like, and you know, something like this and how literal do they need to take it? Cause like, do you really mean like that light or do you just mean something as statement as that light? And maybe usually it's a statement because I haven't gone into so far that, you know, I want to, yeah. I don't ever want to nail myself down because I get ideas all over the place, you know, and they come at random times. So I'm going to, as I fine tune things, you know, that design will be developed. I just yeah. want to know from them if they have an adventurous spirit when it comes to design, if they're yeah. willing to listen and, and to sort of, you know, I'm evaluating more their behavior than I am and, and their receptiveness to, yes. to creativity okay. rather than to, you know, I just don't want someone that's going to be like, and I've had people like this. I just had had someone like this where they come in and basically they have pictures of everything exactly that they yeah. And I've gone to a consultation. It's like, here's the bed I want. Here's the dresser I want. Here's this. And I need you to help me get there. That's not my client. I know right now I'm walking away from that job. You're basically a glorified shopper. Yeah. Well, I'm an assistant to the designer. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't want to be responsible for that. And yeah, it looked all great together. I'm like, this is fantastic. You've done a great job. And I know you're going to do great on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Resources. Like I was like, okay, she paid me for a full, full service consultation. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm here to help. Like, let's how, how can we help you facilitate this, you know, and gave her all this stuff. And that consultation is for people like that. Yeah. You know? There are people that are really into it. I have, I have had, and all this is learned from experience. I'm telling yeah. you, I've had a job where the, the client was the designer and I didn't realize that getting into it because I took it from another designer who was, uh, which is always a us. bad sign. Which is right? always bad. Never <laughs> <laughs> take a job from another designer. No, it's never no, a good she was, sign. She was a really good friend and she actually was moving, going overseas. So I was like, Oh, it'll be okay. Yeah. No, it was not okay. <laughs> Luckily I was charging hourly. So I didn't lose my shirt, Yeah, but it was like, it was, the worst experience, like oh, it was every day, it was something else, and reconsider this and redo this, and I need this drawn up so I can see what this looks like. And oh my gosh! 
And all I wanted to do was get rid of that job. That's it. I didn't care about it at the end, you know, and I don't ever want to be that way again, ever. Yeah. So, so basically look book, they give you their feedback and I'm sure sometimes they're like, hold on, maybe like, I like the idea of something like, I'm sure sometimes they don't like say yes to everything, but it's probably a little bit in the way they might say like, no, but I would be open to this. Um, that makes you understand like, yeah, I know. I mean, maybe they're not saying yes to all these ideas, but I can still gauge that I can work with them. Right. Right. But, but mostly their reaction to something like that, I'm giving, I'm, I'm explaining things in such a broad, like if you look at that post that has the lookbook, Got it's it. a very broad overview of like for this room, like there was a study and I think I put it, I really want this room, everything I want to be bright and light and pretty and open because you have this beautiful view and the house has been dark so long. We need to lighten it up. And I said, but in this room, like the study, I felt like we could go dark and make it sexy and put light upholstery in there. So it relates to the outside and, you know, and I put a few pictures that resembled that. Well, that was just a real basic overall concept. It didn't mean that I wanted to use that chair, you know? Right. And then, you know, maybe I put, I don't know, some, I can't remember what else, maybe some statement art or something like that, you know, but I kind of, um, you know, it's just mainly it's, I try to keep it as general as possible and more like general overall concept. A lot of people would say that's giving away ideas. Yeah. And and in that particular instance, yes, I gave away ideas. And in that particular instance, that designer that I referred them to took those ideas and made that happen. Yeah. But I'm not going to be ever that designer. Like I'm not ever taking a job like that. Yeah. I would never take a job where the concept was developed and I would do it. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, what, how, what your priorities and what, how you want to, and how much business you have coming in, you know, that's the other thing and how much you need the money. And, you know, there are a lot of designers out there who don't really need the money or doing this for a hobby. Let's face it. So, um, well, in which case, if that were, the, you know, true, then I would especially want to make sure I love my projects. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. But, but, okay, so this is good because I had been recently realizing that I do need to, I think it is important to give those ideas early on of what you visualize mm-hmm. and, and hear how they respond to it. I have noticed, like, when I'm in a consultation and, and I give ideas and the client's like, oh, my God, yes, I love that. Or, yeah, oh, yeah, I love that. Like, that's a good sign to me. And whereas on the flip, I'm talking to a client, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe we do this with it. Uh, I don't know. Or it's a lot of, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and it's just like red flag central, right? Yes. So, so after you send the lookbook, do you take them through the lookbook? Do you just send it to them and say, here you go? Yeah. You don't take them through it. No. And then you say, like, let me know your thoughts. Let's yeah. say their thoughts are like, less than desirable and they're just red flag central you feel a real bad vibe off of it that's when then you would send an email and say look like I'm not sure we're a good fit yeah but I don't ever say good fit what do you say I think you might I, have I say, curious to I say I consider your project how it fits into my schedule and basically said you know for right now I just don't think that I'm the best designer for your project and I okay. think someone else would serve you much better and if I feel like they're they're valid valuable clients that would just work with someone else because of style or something, then I will give them names. I don't want to ever like dishonor my cohorts and my people in my area by giving them unloading bad clients on them. Yeah. 
Like if I see red flags, I'm just going to say, go to house and find a designer and yeah. I'll give them links. You know, here's the SID website, go find a designer. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I want to refer people that I think would be good fits. Like the person I referred that to that client that I wasn't a good fit for me was can handle anything. She has been in this area forever. She has a huge team of people, like 10 people, like they can do whatever it takes and they're interested in selling product. Yeah. So that, that was a perfect job for her, you know, yeah. and I know she could handle it. So it's like, you know, I don't I want to be able to refer people on. I don't want to do a disservice to my other fellow designers, yeah. but, but I do want to be very tactful and, and, and I don't ever want to put that on the client. Like it was their fault or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to say, you know, I just don't feel like I'm right for you. And I really think it's a great project, you know, you deserve that word deserve. You deserve a designer that's going to be so into your style. And I don't yeah. feel like it maybe I can answer that need for you right now. You know, which is actually should be respected. I mean, yeah, as a right. Client. I mean, I mean, they deserve if they're paying money for a designer, they need to be respected by who they're working with. So, um, if if you frame it like that, and I've never had anyone get mad at me for saying no. That answers my next question. (laughs) I've never had anyone. Matter of fact, I've had people thank me. Yeah. Send me emails back and say, thank you. I appreciate your honesty. I love it. This has been, okay. So my takeaway for this conversation is I want to implement more of this idea of the lookbook slash like figuring out before I accept a contract or before I um, accept a client and move forward. I want to do more of that work that I've rolled into my early style session beforehand. And, and I think that that's going to be really important in helping me make sure that I'm working with clients that are really like lighting me up that I think I can give them the right style. Okay. I'm excited. Thank you so much. I I appreciate the time because we've gone over the time, but I feel like I could keep talking to you. I have like so many notes here, but why don't don't you tell everybody where they can find you? And also guys, you got to go check out her click on services when she tells you where to find, where to find her, because it's just like, I love information. (laughs) The trans. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I, I give a lot of credit to the guy that I, that really I spent five years with because he really opened me up to like uh, being open about how you work and also, you know, and I've, I've been open about mistakes I've made and all kinds of stuff on my blog. So it really has kind of, kind of helped uh, make my business what it is today. So and Sorry, before we, you tell everybody that, um, I'm sure some people get, have the idea that if I say all these things, I'm going to scare people away. Mm-hmm. What would your response to that be? Good. Right? Scare a few people away. You want to. You really yeah. want to. Like, it's yeah. okay to scare. We, you, it's all about, you know, the funnel and the filter and getting the right one at the bottom. I mean, you want, the thing is, 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 one reason why I wrote so much and have it so transparent is because I'm so bad at saying no. Mm. And I, and, and I just cannot, it, when people get me on the phone, that's why I don't take the phone calls because I, even if I'm talking to someone, I'll go, okay, you know, and then it's, Oh, I didn't want to, I can't do that right now. I really don't want to. And, but I can't say no. So I have awareness. It's like, I'd rather my website say no for me. I freaking love that. Like, I think the moral of the story is you really need to, you really need to know who you are 
and make your website work for you, what you want, what you need, and make sure that the services you're offering and the copy that you're putting on your website and the process that you have is ensuring that you're getting what you need and you understand kind of your weaknesses and your strengths so that everything you're doing is helping you, not kind of working against you. That's right. Exactly. So good. Okay. Share with everybody where they can find you. Okay. Um, I'm at CarlaAston.com and uh, I have all the links. My blog is on there. I also have a blog for designers at the bottom of the whole thing. It's called Design for Designers. Mm. And um, it's kind of about blogging and design. So it's a little bit of business and blogging. Um, Just I do that every two weeks. I put up a post about, you know, some tidbits and things I've learned. So um, I I think it's kind of helpful. Well, I know where what I'm doing now with my time. I'm going to start writing some of that for sure. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today. You're welcome. Good luck with all your business and everything. So we'll be watching you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Michelle. So good, right? Oh, I, honestly, I had so many notes written down as I was talking to her. I really legitimately could have talked to her for another hour. I love everything she said. Um, here's the thing about these podcasts and, you know, the people that you follow and the things that they tell you that they do. And when you get advice from people in the Facebook groups, it's really important to know that everybody's going to have a different opinion. Everybody's going to say something different. And it's really up to you to, to use the ideas and the feedback and the answers to your questions in a way that works for you. So while I'm probably not going to implement the system exactly as Carla has suggested or told us her process is, I am going to tweak my existing process to include some of the thinking and ideas and concepts of what she talked about. So I know based on talking to her that I need to figure out earlier on in my process whether or not a client is a good fit for me aesthetically and this was such timely a touch such a timely interview because it's something that I've been struggling with for a little while and you know you get these projects coming at you and the truth is for every 5 people that reach out to you there's probably just really one that is like your ideal client and in the aesthetic that you really are excited about or with a client that allows you to push the creative boundary, whatever that looks like. And, um, and I know now that I need to do a better job early on in my process to really nail that down. So, oh guys, you got to go check out her website. There's so much awesome information in there. I feel like I, there's nothing better than having, getting on a call with somebody and then just getting so many amazing nuggets that you had not anticipated. I had it, it's I go into these podcasts with somewhat of an overview of what I things I want to ask, but I really try to let the conversation organically build and let it take it from there. And sometimes, and in this case, that's exactly what happened. We ended up talking about something completely different than I ever thought we would. And it was so much better than I ever could have hoped. And let me tell you, I already had very high expectations of this call. So thank you again, Carla, for that. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe. And as promised, I'm going to read another review from somebody who left one on October 3rd. So I'm re-recording the review I read because I found out that her review showed up under her husband's name. So here we go, peeps. 
loving being homies with this chick. And this is from Katie. Um, love her honest and fun interviews. Relatable and down to earth, but great business info in this podcast. Thanks, Michelle. So Katie also reached out to me via email uh, to give me a little bit of a shout out and to tell me about how the review showed up under her husband's name. So thanks for that, Katie. I wish you the best of luck in everything that you do. I'm very excited for you. It's gonna be the best thing you ever do for yourself. Hopefully anyway. <laughs> Guys, please leave me a review and I'm gonna read the review on my next podcast. And just please know that I read them all and every single one of them makes me as giddy as the last. So it will, I will never tire. Oop, hopefully you didn't hear that. I will never tire of reading another review. Um, so yes, guys, keep leaving the reviews because I've told you once, I've told you twice, I've told you probably 17 times now. This is the 17th podcast episode. Um, I would love the reviews because you reviewing and subscribing and listening and sharing the podcast is going to help it help me prove to three of my design heroes, Amber Interiors, uh, Larkin Linen, Studio McGee, it's going to help me prove to them that I'm worth talking to. And that is the ultimate goal, the trifecta goal, to talk to these three people. So help me get to that amazing goal. Thank you so much to everybody who's already left a review. And that's all I got for you this week. Bye, homies. Bye.